Hello, music enthusiasts. Welcome to Sound Encounters, a music podcast where I explore new and classic releases, different genres, and your favorite artists and bands. I am your host, Cesar Torres. Thank you for joining me today. You know, for this week, I think I'm going to go with a combination of new releases and your favorite artists and bands. We're going to do that combination as I'll be talking about a band later on in the show. But more on that later, because I wanted to talk about something uh, something uh, extraordinary that I witnessed uh, this past week in my ever-growing yearn for live music. I watched the Appleville Festival um, day of music streaming, I guess you would call it. Um, and I had no idea what Appleville was. I'm not sure if it's based on another online music festival or if, if it just started this year. But Appleville is a... a uh, what I saw was a online music festival based on, around the label and the artists in the label for PC music. Because I saw that Dorian Electro was featured in the Appleville music set as well as like Kiro Kiro Benito. Oh, also A.G. Cook was there. But I saw a lot of artists that I didn't recognize there, probably uh, uh, relatively unknown or just starting out in the PC music scene or not even in the PC music scene because I even saw Claro was performing at the Appleville Music Festival thing. (laughs) So I, I briefly tuned into... Uh, Kiro Kiro Benito set, which was really nice, but the two sets that I actually ended up watching all the way through were uh, Charlie XCX and 100 Gex, and I didn't expect those sets to just be around 10 minutes or less in length, so I was expecting like a full hour of music, but unfortunately I only got a, a couple of minutes, but it was still it was still pretty good. I think that this format for the bands and the artists and stuff allowed them to experiment or at least play one song and uh, remix and again experiment with it do an extended version of that song so the the first thing i noticed when it came to charlie xcx's set was again she was only given nine minutes but she only played one song from her new album how i'm feeling now and extended it for for again nine minutes she played an extended version of visions and man it was quite the trip because it it started off slowly, and, and first, to be fair, I didn't really know what song she was playing until about midway through the song, where I was like, oh yes, that's Visions. It started out slowly, and, and it was a bit simple with its gentle piano melody and Charlie's vocals, but then the colorful synths, electronics, and the drum beat kick in, and now it's a party, it's a, it's a rave, much like at the end of the original version of Visions, it ends with like at least a minute of rave music. But no, it's it's a party through and through. And uh, I don't know. I think I prefer this version of Visions to the studio version. I think I criticized Visions on this show, or maybe I, I wrote about it on my Medium page. But I kind of criticized Visions for abruptly changing it to the rave version without any warning. But I think over time, as I listened to How I'm Feeling Now... Uh, more and more, I've ended up being a bit lenient on Visions because that that is a pretty great song and it was a really great closing track to that album. And then the second set that I saw was the 100 Gex set because they are just work and they're constantly putting out music. They're constantly putting out, or at least I know Dylan Brady's uh, out producing music for other artists. Like I think the most recent one was Rico Nasty, but they are performing at all of these online festivals and. Even before COVID, they were doing Minecraft festivals, which I think was pretty rad. And 
and I, it really fits their aesthetic. But 100x had an amazing set uh, for Appleville. Again, only nine-ish minutes to perform music, and they didn't play anything like anything that we they were known for, like Money Machine. They didn't play. 800 db cloud or, or anything like that from their uh, first record or even from their new record and it had a, a strange start at the, from the beginning because we get this sample of remy the rat from ratatouille and they were mixing these clips together with war pigs and blinded by the light and it's tricky and it it, it really gave them a chance to experiment with all these different songs with all these remixes and samples and I definitely wasn't expecting that. They also sandwiched these remixes with uh, original songs that were pretty catchy. Probably my favorite was the last song in their set, which is called A Rat in a Hat. Uh, the lyrics are, are pretty repetitious, which uh, you guys know that I dislike, but it, it was just so catchy and it got stuck in my head. And I ended up learning all the lyrics and I was able to sing it for the rest of the or the remainder of the track. So that was another another fun and catchy tune that they played, and they're really they're really going off with this whole uh, rat aesthetic with with uh, sampling ratatouille and whatnot. But you know, I'm here for it. I think it I think it really works for them. But yeah, I think you can find most of the Appleville uh, playlist or the sets on YouTube, or or I think you could go back to their Twitch channel and you could find all of their sets and watch them for yourself. They were. They were really fun sets. I might go back and end up watching A.G. Cook's set or Dorian Electra's. I only had the chance to watch these two sets, but yeah, these online music festivals are, are, are what's keeping me going in 2020. All right, enough about that. We got a great show for you this week. Coming up later on, I'm going to be talking about Sweet Trip and how you can get into this band. But first, as always, I got to talk about this past week in music. All right, so a number of singles came out as well as a, uh, a number of LPs. This is actually three LPs this week. We finally got that release for the Flaming Lips. But before I get to that, I got to talk about the singles. So first we got this cover of a Frank Ocean song, Godspeed, by James Blake. And uh, if I could pick two contemporary R&B and pop artists that have gorgeous voices, it would be Frank Ocean and James Blake. And the fact that this uh, cover didn't happen earlier was surprising, although I think Blake did a cover uh, this song of this song specifically on Instagram Live or YouTube or something, but now it's available to stream, and it's wonderful. Surprisingly, it's very stripped back. Both Frank and James rely on, on vocal manipulations and electronics, but it's, it's just Blake's voice and the piano melody. It's a fantastic cover. Great job, James. And uh, continuing the, th- the trend of incredible covers, Tropical Fuckstorm released their cover of Talking Heads' Heaven from Fear of Music. Much like the original, it-, it moves at a slow and steady pace. This version is also very atmospheric as we hear the instrumentation and the vocals reverberate, and it's very fitting for Tropical Fuckstorm. And the highlight for me is Gareth and Fiona's vocals. Huge fan of their singing abilities, and they nail it here. Another great cover this week. All right, for original songs, the first one I heard was Strange Times by Gorillaz featuring Robert Smith. These new Gorilla songs are, are, are hit or miss for me, and it's because I've just haven't been a huge fan of Gorillaz uh, post Plastic Beach. And I don't know if I'm just bored of them at this point, but I, I didn't like this track. 
I really liked the creeping and eerie instrumentation for the first half of the song, uh, and then it switches to this dancey groove that that kind of lost my interest. I'm also bored with Albarn's vocal performance. Uh, again, that could just be because of years of listening to the Gorillas, but his vocals just don't interest me uh, as much as they used to. And then Robert Smith, who I normally would love to hear on a track, just annoyed me with his grating emphasis on, on certain words. I just, I didn't really like his singing, so not my favorite track this week. Sorry, Gorillas. And then up next, I heard Be a Rebel by New Order. Big surprise in New New Order. This uh, dancey synth melody was, was pretty good, pretty tolerable, better than the Gorillaz uh, uh, dance synth melody. And, and it is pretty standard when it comes to a New Order melody. Um, but I think the really the, the real highlight of this song comes from the catchy vocal melody and, and Sumner's vocal performance. It makes it an undeniably fun song. So go check that out if you like uh, uh, undeniably fun songs and New Order especially. And then next, I heard Wicked Game by Lingua Ignota, featuring Alexis Marshall. If you don't know Lingua, she crafted one of the most harrowing albums of last year, Caligula, an extremely potent and important record for talking about uh, sexual assault and abuse. And uh, so hearing this song was a surprise because it was a slow, moving, and gentle piece of music. Uh, it still works. Lingua's vocals are beautiful. The song is very atmospheric. And I know Lingua can do these subtle haunting pieces, but this was wonderful. Definitely a curveball for me for just having listened to Caligula. And hopefully we'll see a new Lingua project soon. And the last two set of tracks that I heard this week was Love is the King and Guess Again by Jeff Tweedy. Two new singles from Milko's Jeff Tweedy. These are sweet-sounding, languorous country and folk songs. And Tweedy's vocals are always top-notch, so I have nothing to complain about here. And Wilco and Tweedy have had this real uh, reinvention these past couple of years with Tweedy's Warm in 2018 and, and Wilco's Ode to Joy from last year. So hopefully this new solo project will be uh, as exciting as the last and these last couple of records. Okay, so now we are uh, getting into the LPs. The first one I heard this week was the Flaming Lips album, American Head, that fucking finally came out. And I'm not sure if I brought this up before in a past episode, but I really haven't been following the Flaming Lips over the years. Uh, but since I've listened to these singles for the show, I'm invested. I wanted to see what this album had to offer, especially considering that I kind of disliked half of the singles that they put out this year. And listening to the full project, it's pretty clear that Wayne wants to recapture the sound of earlier albums, uh, specifically the Soft Bullets, and, and that one sticks out in my head because uh, I just really, I, I recently listened to the Soft Bullets and thing uh, due to the Neo-Psychedelia episode that I did on the show uh, a couple weeks ago. It, it's obvious because Wayne sings about love and drugs and death. Uh, we have a lot of songs constructed with, with either acoustic or orchestral instrumentation or or sometimes a combination of both. And we have these dreamy soundscapes and, and of course, Wayne's gentle singing. And uh, it works sometimes in this record. I still love the opening track, uh, Will You Return When You Come Down. It's the dreamiest song on the record and, and probably the catchiest vocal melody from Wayne. And it's, it's probably the, the song I've revisited the most on this record. Flowers on Neptune 6 is another sweet-sounding tune. Wayne's vocals are energetic and emotional, and the instrumentation envelops and swells, and it makes for a fantastic psych-pop song. Apparently it was the first single from this album, and I guess I must have missed it. You and Me Selling Weed has a 
comfortable vibe and lo-fi aesthetic and it's pretty psychedelic with Wayne's muted singing and the angelic synths and strings but the lyrics are pretty laughable with how simplistic and cliche it is uh, especially about it selling about them selling drugs and that's when I started to notice a lot of the songs lyrics are pretty simplistic and cliched and it can make you roll your eyes or just make it really boring my religion is you is very corny and just not engaging in the slightest thought I would change my mind about this song once I heard the full album, but no, it, it pretty much still is uh, the same. And while a lot of these songs are pretty forgettable, I admire the band for adding some variety to the album. Brother Eye attempts to try something different by adding these bleeps and bloops throughout the track and, and being very atmospheric. It's definitely the most spacious song on the album, but I will admit the vocal effects can get a bit annoying at times. And watching the light bugs glow was interesting because it was an ambient soundscape with Casey Musgraves humming and moaning and it's beautiful and it could have been a great tone setter for the album if only the rest of the album was like this. But uh, you know this wasn't their best album. You know they tried really hard to recapture uh, the soft bulletin vibe or the sound of their classic era but uh, they've got the sound down. I just wish they would write something compelling or, or creative again. Next I heard Top by Young Boy Never Broke Again. I don't want to waste your time with this one, so I'll be quick about this. I have never listened to an NBA Youngboy album or Youngboy whatever, uh, and I saw that this new album was out, and I thought it would be a perfect time to hear what this guy was all about and why people made fun of him on Twitter, and uh, now I get it. This album is full of boring, unoriginal, 808-driven beats. This guy can't sing or rap and, and relies on autotune as he mumbles and, and moans his way through a track. I honestly can't remember a single song off of this album. And there's like, what, 23? There's not a single quote or verse I took from this and was just like, ah, yes, here's a great example of his lyrical or technical abilities. And this is how he can improve for his next album. It, it was just a whole bunch of nothing. And I wanted this thing to be over less than halfway through the album. Just not very good. And to top things off, I listened to From King to a God by Conway the Machine. This is a hardcore gangster rap album. I, you know, go from like this silly little trap album from a, a, a hardcore rap album. And I was a bit skeptical of this album, especially since in the beginning of this album, it seemed like there was a lot of verses dedicated to how much money he makes, how much women he gets, how many cars he has. And if you've listened to the show before, you know that I don't care how many, you know, bitches they're fucking or, or the car that they drive or if they have a Rolex or not. So I was just like, oh, man, you know, at least the, the production's on point and this rapper seems to have like a good flow and, and stuff like that. And he definitely references uh, Tupac, Mos Def, Jay-Z. You know, he's talking about carrying that strap, carrying the Mac and how he can out-rap Travis Scott, even though I've really never heard of this rapper before. But I'm I'm happy to say that Conway, throughout the album, has a nice balance of bragging and, and getting introspective and personal. But I didn't know who Conway was. He just came out of the blue, and, and he's rapping like he's been in the game for years. Well, it turns out Conway is a brother of West Side Gun and cousin of Benny the Butcher, and all three of them had founded Gris Griselda Records, which is name-dropped constantly throughout the record. Uh, he was on a track with Eminem and has been active since 2015, and you can even find a mixtape of his as old as from 2008. So yeah, he has been in the game for quite a while now. And I was 
so happy to find out that he doesn't even rap that much about the cars and the bitches and how every verse is a verse of the year contender that much. What is compelling about this record and the way that he raps is his story. He got shot and uh, his face became paralyzed and, and, and he his face is still paralyzed and he's still able to rap and, and that's such an achievement. And, and after hearing about that, it really changed my perspective on this album and what Conway could achieve on this album and just in his career in general. And that was way more compelling than talking about his whip and his girls. Conway also has great storytelling chops, great flow, and his voice is gritty and gruff and he's able to hold my attention with each line and verse. Probably my favorite song on here is Front Lines because Conway freaking snaps on this song. I think this is his best verse on the, actually on the entire album. You know, he's taking shots at 6ix9ine, but he's also, you know, referring to George Floyd and, and the sociopolitical climate of the United States and or around the world and, you know, the fucked up system of cops and, and, and white people like making the laws. He was spinning facts on this track and I was here for it. Probably my favorite song on the album. And the best example of his introspection is on Forever Dropping Tears, as he has an emotional verse about DJ Shea who passed away uh, recently, like fairly recently. You know, it just goes to show that not everything is about money and bitches. And he's also got some great features on this record. I thought Freddie had a solid verse on seeing everything but Jesus. He had my favorite line on the track as he talked about seeing uh, Coke on TikTok and thinking that it was over for the streets. And I absolutely loved Method Man's wordplay on Lemon. Go check out that track if you're going to check out anything on this record. Method Man killed it on Lemon. He also had some fantastic production, which could range from jazzy and smooth to gritty and aggressive. Those of you who know me know I was going to eventually uh, reference that Alchemist and Hip Boy were featured as a producer on some of these tracks. So uh, on those tracks, uh, specifically Doan, Damani, and Fear of God, you know, there was an A-tier production. Apparently Conway has another album coming out later this year, and I'm excited to see just how that will turn out and to see if he's improved or not, but this was a pretty solid record. Although he could let up on the gun ad-libs for just a bit, please. It, it got pretty annoying, to be honest. Okay, and so that wraps up this past week in music. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Sweet Trip. Stay tuned, everybody. Welcome back to Sound Encounters. Before the break, I promised I was going to talk about Sweet Trip. And it's been a while since I've done one of these artist breakdowns, talking about their discography, talking about their history. Uh, And the last two times I did that was with Animal Collective, and they had a pretty huge discography. So I kind of made my own order of, of how to listen to their discography while with the Radiohead I went in order and they had a pretty sizable discography as well but for this guide because Sweet Trip has only released a small amount of music I will go in order and then later on I will offer an alternative listening guide to Sweet Trip and I really wanted to do this guide because with two of their most popular records being sold on vinyl and news of a new project coming out soon, I thought it was very appropriate to talk about them. So who is Sweet Trip? 
Sweet Trip is an experimental electronic and shoegaze band from San Francisco, California. They experiment with different genres and styles that uh, it makes it hard to pinpoint an exact genre or label for them. As you'll hear, they've delved into IDM, ambient, and techno, and also dream pop and shoegaze. The band formed around 1995 when producer and songwriter Robbie Burgos, along with bassist and drummer Viet Lee, met singer, guitarist, and synth player Valerie Cooper. Between 1995 and 1998, they played shows and started to write songs and just started being the band. In 97, Sweet Trip opened for Ambient Jungle producer Junior Varsity KM, who was working on releasing his first project through Dollar Records. Junior Varsity must have introduced Sweet Trip to Darla because before the band knew it, they were working on their debut album after impressing the record label with a demo tape. In 1999, they released their first full-length album, Halika, on Darla Records. So let's talk about Halika. While listening to this very dreamy and atmospheric IDM ambient shoegaze album, it becomes very clear who Sweet Trip's inspirations are. The distorted, reverbed guitars and faded vocals of Starlife is very clearly My Bloody Valentine inspired. The dreamy guitar chord progression of Traces reminded me of a specific slow dive song, The uh, Sad Men, off of their 1991 debut. And the way that Paul slayers the reverb and delayed synths, the crunchy and metallic drum beat, vocals, and effects, and then adds and take away these elements throughout the song is akin to an Aphex Twin song. So as a huge fan of these artists and bands, it was very easy to get into this album, but I will admit it isn't as captivating as what was to come. That being said, there are still many things I enjoy about this record. The fact that the band was able to make Halika, an album that juggled characteristics of electronic and shoegaze music without it feeling jarring or disjointed, is a feat in and of itself. Sure, I could talk about how the structure of Pulse takes notes from Aphex Twin, but a lot of electronic artists around that time and even today were trying to replicate Richard D. James's style. What makes Pulse so special is that it's able to hold its own and not feel stale or boring despite its 10-minute runtime. Adding the vocals, percussion, and effects against the, the very chill wave instrumental makes it much more of a dynamic listen. And let's talk about that ambient pad for a second, because while it's very relaxing, it also sounds a bit eerie at times. Mix that together with the bubbly effects and the vocals that echo out into the ether, and you got a song that contrasts moods without it feeling jarring or gimmicky. Then we get a taste of what's to come with Follow Me and Come To Me, as they are both dream pop and Indietronica tunes. Follow Me is the first time on the record that Robbie and Val actually sing instead of mumbling or making unintelligible mouth sounds. And I say singing, but they are just repeating the same line over and over again. You know that, come to me. But their airy vocals play well against the reverberated guitars and the atmospheric synth lines and delays. It makes for a very soothing and psychedelic tune. Come To Me has a very surprising start as it begins with gentle acoustic guitar strumming and Robbie's soft vocals, bringing out the band's folktronica and dream pop side out. But that song evolves at a fast-paced speed as a breakbeat drum rhythm comes in, but then it settles down again as an ethereal ambient pad and Robbie and Valerie's lulling humming comes in. Shows that sometimes the band doesn't like to be restricted and wants to create these shifting and evolving tracks that play with mood and tempo. But the band's genius shines through on the first cut on this album, Fish, an 11-minute blissfully beautiful track that constantly progresses throughout its runtime. 
It starts as a spaced out and atmospheric ambient piece, then shifts to an ethereal pop song with Val's elegant vocals, reverb guitars, and a bit of a rough drum beat. Then it's stripped back with the song focusing on the dreamy guitars and the drum beat, both the guitar and the drum fading in and out into the empty space. Robbie also jumps on the track about midway through the runtime as he's joined by Val and these soaring guitars that launch you into the stratosphere. Such a surreal listening experience, it showcased the band's creativity and talent early on, and it's such a fantastic song that Darla featured this song on the Best of the Bliss Out compilation album, and the band went on to release a remix album later that year with four different versions of Fish, including one from their buddy Junior Varsity. A little over a year later, the band followed Halica by releasing the four-track EP Allura. While this project is overlooked by fans, as it has the lowest score of all their projects on RateYourMusic.com, and that's what I'm going off of, this one helped define their sound for the projects to come. Allura is a bit more dance-oriented, as it clearly takes inspiration from house and techno. In a 2019 interview with Oddball Frequency on YouTube, Robbie stated that he was going in a rave direction with this project, hoping that DJs would play these songs at clubs and raves. While I don't think these songs are suited for the club and rave scenes, I do think the band does interesting stuff with the house and techno sounds. For example, the opening track Allura has these ominous swirling synths that probably wouldn't be rave-friendly, but the beat at least resembles a house-type beat. There's also these noodling synth loops and a We Love You sampled repeatedly. I could see this playing at a low-key rave, but not anything that, you know, we're used to. Cernesia also has this throbbing drum beat and actually sounds more house than Allura. as a great build-up and progression as the breakdown focuses on these lush and funky synths before bringing back the danceable rhythm. This is probably by far the raviest song on the EP. Then we have a song like Palomar, Your Shadow is the Yellow Sun, and it sounds more melodic than anything as it focuses on this cheery, upbeat synth sequence and a skittering drum rhythm, and then it sounds like it's a drill and bass inspired song now, especially when the rhythm gets a bit crazy at times. It also ends with a mellowed out ambient section. So do I think this song is really of a rave? Hell no, but it is a fun and enjoyable IDM ambient and house song. Then we get to the final track, Kate, which is far removed from the danceable rave stuff on the rest of the EP. This final track is dreamier than anything, which makes sense given this was a track that was cut from Halica, but it's still a nice closer to the EP. The Sweet Trip lineup altered following the release of Allura. Bassist Aaron Porter joined the band in 1998, and Lee left in 2000. In the same year, drummer Rob Oitingo came aboard, and they began working on their next project, Four years after the release of Allura, the band released their second full-length album, Velocity Design Comfort. This album really shows off their progression. While they wore their inspirations on their sleeves on Halica and replicated the techno scenes in Allura, VDC is their first album that is 100% Sweet Trip. This sprawling and dense masterpiece is 73 minutes long, and every time I put it on, it never fails to impress me. This was my first Sweet Trip album, and it's probably their most well-known album. I knew this album was special when I pressed play for the first time and was greeted by the glitchy and energetic Tekka, thinking it was only an IDM album, and then was surprised when the song was followed by the very poppy and shoegazy disco. This is their third project and their second full-length album, and so far none of them have sounded exactly the same. Velocity Design Comfort combines shoegaze, dream pop, and IDM, much like Halica, but has wild and unpredictable glitchy sections throughout the album. 
This sounds like it was the natural progression following Halica, adding more electronic elements and experimenting with glitch pop. And the band is actually writing songs now, and Rob and Val are singing. Disco was an instant favorite for me, one for completely averting my expectations for the album that was set up on Tekka, but because it's a fun and catchy dream pop and shoegaze song. I mean, honestly, you can tell Rob and Val were having fun with this track. Listen to that catchy and charming vocal melody and tell me that doesn't make you smile and want to sing along. On top of that, we hear roaring, distorted guitars and this funky, dirty synth melody. It's so catchy and fun. Probably the most accessible song on the album. A strong recommendation for me if you're trying to get into the band and you want a song that captures the essence of Sweet Trip. One last thing, it's very clear from these two tracks alone that Sweet Trip has finally found their sound. I don't listen to techno or disco and think, oh yeah, this sounds like Aphex or My Bloody Valentine. No, again, this is 100% pure Sweet Trip. The next three tracks follow a trend that's vital to the album's narrative. Velocity, Fruit, Cake, and Cookies, and Sept begin with glitchy electronic computer sounds or just incoherent messes of sound. The first 50 seconds of Velocity sound like a computer struggling to reboot before this calming ambience plays in the distance. Even then, we hear more of that computer glitch throughout the track. It doesn't really settle down until Valerie and Robbie appear on the track. Fruitcake and Cookies has a similar cacophony of glitches before the vocals come in, and Sept has these harsh frequencies at the beginning. But how does this relate to the record's story? Well, VDC is the story of a robot and a human trying to make music together. As a result, the songs are a bit all over the place as the robot tries to construct melodies with electronics and glitches with its own understanding of songwriting, and the human adds their knowledge and, and instruments like the guitar and adds human vocals, adds a human element. And that's why Tekka begins with that glitchy mess and Disco has the female and male vocals. The three songs that follow begin with glitchy messes, and you get the idea. I've seen a lot of criticism directed towards this album because it's all over the place and it doesn't have a definitive sonic element to it, but honestly, it made me love the album much more, especially when I realized what the narrative of the album was. This album is packed full of ideas, which could be a damaging thing, especially if the artist or band can't make all the ideas flow together in a way that works. But the genius of Rob and Valerie is that they make it work. It never feels disorganized or jumbled. All of the songs here hold their own, and we get little masterpieces worked into this larger masterpiece. Now, that's the second time I used that word, but, th but that's exactly what this album is. It's a masterpiece. Robbie himself has said that he thinks the album should be about 15 to 20 minutes shorter, and I disagree with him because I think taking out anything ruins the experience of this album. It needs little oddities and glitches so that it can work as a whole entity. Someone might look at the gentle and quietness of Fruitcake and Cookies and be completely stunned as halfway through the album it becomes a loud and soaring shoegaze song, and then think it's a messy song because of its sudden transition. I still think it's a bit jarring, but that's the point, especially with the album's narrative. The robot probably thought the song was going for far too long and decided it was a good time for a breakdown, hence the breakdown baby part you can hear. As the album comes to a close, we are greeted with some of its best material as the robot and human come to a mutual understanding of their songwriting processes and abilities. Chocolate Matter starts with only a couple seconds of glitching before it erupts into this noisy, catchy shoegaze song. 
To all the dancers of the world, a round form of fantasy is a gentle and loving dream pop song with glitches, guitars, drums, vocal manipulation, all working together to create one of the record's most beautiful songs. And Design 2-3 is the perfect closing track as it incorporates everything we've heard so far, summing up the record perfectly, noisy guitars, glitches, dreamy ambient sections, and Robin Val's soft vocals. This section has been going on for, for a while, and, and there's so much more I want to cover, like the 10-minute International, as it is a beautifully melancholic track, the groovy Design 1, and, and what I think is a fairly underrated track, Dedicated. So much beauty in this record, it's always an absolute joy to return to this one, and this is definitely Sweet Trip's first immense achievement and we're not even done yet because after six years of radio silence sweet trip released their third full-length lp in 2009 you will never know why yet again the band switched up their sound this time leaning heavily to the indie and dream pop sound now there's more of an emphasis on singing with standard chord progressions that make up pop and rock songs and less of a focus on the ambient and glitchy sections this is evident on air supply, with the synths and drums acting as the rhythm and the distorted guitar and the vocals acting as the melodies. And now there's lyrics. Yeah, VDC had songs with lyrics like Disco or Chocolate Matter, but now You Will Never Know Why is packed with these indie pop ballads. And most of these songs tend to be bittersweet thanks to the lyrics. The band has a natural talent for creating these lovesick and downright depressing love songs. One of my favorites has to be Darkness because it's a bit deceiving. The synths are very colorful, Robin Vell's vocals are very upbeat, they end up doing that da-da-da thing that I usually hate but I can't help but find it so endearing here. So yeah, we have this cheery, upbeat mood for a song called Darkness, and yet the lyrics refer to how love turns to sand and debris, and it ends with Robbie and Val singing, I will never fall in love again repeatedly. So as you're singing along because the melodies are catchy, you can cry as well because the lyrics are just hurting your soul. One of my favorite songs off of this album, Your World Is Entirely Complete, is heart-wrenching for me, and not because it's their saddest song, but because it's so encouraging and sweet, and the drums, guitars, and the vocals all crescendo into this grand emotional finale, and I can't stop myself from listening to this song because it's just so reassuring. The song is like crack, and it resonates with me on an emotional level. There's still some elements of electronica and glitches here and there. The closing track, Female Lover, is an IDM bop. And I was surprised to learn that Air Supply, Acting, and Milk were all written around the same time the VDC songs were. And speaking of Milk, that song is an emotional ride. I think Valerie's performance here is key because she comes across as dejected in this song. And when that combines with the heartbreaking lyrics of watching someone drift away and the swelling melancholic strings in the background. It's just one of their best songs that they've ever written. Absolutely beautiful. You Will Never Know Why is another masterpiece, and it didn't have to be this intricate IDM shoegaze album. This has to be the best dream and indie pop album I've heard. They've mastered this genre and created some of the catchiest, sweetest, and saddest indie pop music I've ever heard. And with You Will Never Know Why, that concludes the official Sweet Trip releases. Along with Velocity Design Comfort and I think Halica, 
you will never know I will be receiving official vinyl releases. And that news, along with news of new Sweet Trip material, inspired me, of course, to talk about this hidden gem of a band. Robbie has been releasing unreleased material on the internet throughout the 2010s, most notably the song Things to Ponder While Finding, which you can find on YouTube. And recently, Darla released a previously unreleased Sweet Trip song through their Little Darla Has a Treat for You series. That song is called In Sound We Found Each Other, and it's immaculate. It has a mix of acoustic instrumentation, glitches, and reverb vocals, and it made me so happy for new material. And you better believe I'm going to cover this next Sweet Trip album whenever it comes out. Now that we're done talking about the main releases, I want to break down my listening order of how you should go about listening to these four projects. First, I think you should listen to Velocity Design Comfort from 2003, because it is a perfect blend of IDM and shoegaze and dream pop. Honestly, it was my first Sweet Trip album, and there really is no better introduction into the band than this record. If you ended up liking a lot of Valerie and Rob's vocals, and you preferred the shoegazy textures of the guitars, then I would recommend listening to You Will Never Know Why right after Velocity Design Comfort, as again, it primarily focuses on those dream and indie pop bangers and ballads. But if you're more interested in the IDM and electronica side, then maybe Allura would be the next best album to listen to after Velocity Design Comfort. And if you prefer the shoegaze and IDM aspects of Velocity Design Comfort and don't really care about the dream and indie pop stuff, then I would suggest just listening to Halika right after Velocity Design Comfort. This has been my guide to Sweet Trip. I hope that I introduced you to your next favorite band because I, I love this band so much and I'm, I'm really just eager for this next Sweet Trip album. If you've listened to all these projects, please let me know which one is your favorite one. You could either uh, send me a, a tweet on, on twitter.com forward slash sound encounters at sound encounters, I should say. Send me a tweet. I would love to, to hear which is your favorite Sweet Trip album or you could just shoot me a message on anchor.fm forward slash sound encounters and you will be featured on the show but please let me know what's your favorite sweet trip album what's your favorite sweet trip song do you prefer the the electronic side or do you prefer the the shoegaze and dream pop side i'd love to continue this sweet trip conversation Okay, so usually I would just transition right into the outro, but this is a special occasion. I've received my first review on Apple Podcasts. This review comes from John Robert IV, and it's titled, Always Impressed. Cesar Torres makes it abundantly clear that he knows exactly what he's talking about. He's passionate about music, and that passion inspires the listener to boldly go where no listener has gone before. He has a background in journalism. His training and natural talent make a joy of a podcast I would recommend to any hardcore music fan and anyone interested to explore new genres with a well-traveled expert. Thank you, John, for your wonderful review. That's making me smile right now. Um, I, that's the, I, I feel like that's what I'm trying to go for with this podcast. Introduce you to new bands or genres that you otherwise wouldn't have heard from, I don't know, radio, possibly YouTube. I know YouTube likes to recommend a lot of songs out of the blue or albums or bands, what have you. And I'm still exploring 
uh, other genres of music because that's what I like to do. I like to figure out what everyone's listening to. I like to figure out niche genres. I think I have a niche genre coming up soon, working on a guide for a niche genre. But yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to go for with Sound Encounters. And I'm glad you've you've noticed. And so thank you once again for your review, John. You made my day. If you would like your review featured on this show, just leave a review on Apple Podcasts, much like John Robert IV did. And I'll, I'll read it out here on the show and I'll, I'll give you a little shout out. So thank you once again, John. All right, so that does it for this week of Sound Encounters. I'm thinking of doing another genre guide, maybe. It's starting to get colder, so maybe I can recommend some albums to listen to during the fall. I think that would be that'd be a fun uh, detour from my regular from the regular programming. But if, as always, if you want me to listen to a band or a, a genre, you can let me know on Twitter and at anchor.fm forward slash sound encounters. You could leave me a little voice message and recommend me a genre or album or artist or band to have me listen to so I can cover it here on the show. I'm always looking for new areas of music to explore, new bands to explore, because that's that's what makes this show very entertaining for me to do every week. So please let me know. Again, you can add me on Twitter, follow me on Twitter at Sound Encounters, and you can go to anchor.fm forward slash Sound Encounters. Follow the Sound Encounters Twitter and Instagram at Sound Encounters. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and it could be featured on the next episode of Sound Encounters. Do you have a question or suggestion for me? Then visit the Twitter or Anchor page and submit your question. That too could be featured on the next episode of Sound Encounters. Thank you to Soundstripe for their wonderful selection of music, which I use today. And thank you for tuning in and listening and supporting my little show here. I'm Caesar. this has been Sound Encounters, and I'll see you next week.